Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 4, Minnesota Melee. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jesse, or Cypher, or whatever, and I'm so excited to bring you an interview with Wisely. That's right, at Wisely. That's where you can find him on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can find him at all those places by also using the links that I provide in this podcast episode notes. You get it. I'm actually doing this after recording the interview with Wisely. I'm going to try to push it out tonight. You know why I'm going to try to push it out tonight? Because I thought to myself, how how grindy can I get with this particular episode? I felt very inspired to try and do that. I'm waiting for the audio to download. Mobile hotspot coming in the clutch. We'll see if that actually it doesn't it doesn't always work. <laughs> but we're going to give it a shot and maybe I'll keep this open because I'm going to then come in with another segment saying either it worked or it didn't. But let's go ahead and get to this interview with Wisely. Please enjoy. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I am so happy to be joined by Wisely as well as Wisely's stream, twitch.tv forward slash at Wisely, the literal word A-T at, you get it, it's going to be in the description of this podcast episode. <laughs> Wisely, thank you so much for being here with me. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I uh, think it was, it was kind of neat being asked to be on a podcast. Super cool. I'm surprised that more people haven't asked you to be on, but I'm really happy that you were willing to come on. I, I don't presume when I reach out to people. I usually, I don't want to say do my homework. It's not like I, <laughs> I didn't find out every single thing about you on the planet ever, and I'm excited to <laughs> learn more about you. But I don't just ask because I feel like it, I guess. It's sort of a calculated right. jump. Yeah, you get it. I mean, yeah, I've I've done my own my own podcast. Even I was going to say my own recording, but I've done a couple episodes of my own podcast, and it's very much a like some people you invite because you're like they're a good friend. I really want to talk to them about this stuff, and there's others that are like, okay, they'd be a good fit for this. Let's try to figure it out. And so I'm really excited to talk to you about your role as a TO and your role as a content creator, but I'm interested to hear in sort of the beginnings of where you started to get more involved with things like Smash and FGC in general. That's something that we'll also get into, but I guess if you want to keep it specific to Melee at first and then broaden, or tell me what game originally pulled you in so close and so tight because of how awesome the game was. What was that first experience for you? Um, I like, I, I'm guessing a lot of people you've interviewed, maybe not. Um, I've listened to, to a lot of the different interviews, but not all of them. Um, I got into Smash through the original Melee documentary, um, which is just been a huge thing for me. Uh, but uh, I didn't get into Melee specifically right away. Um, I got into Melee and PM at the exact same time. Because I, I literally, I remember in the Melee documentary, it was all about Melee, obviously. And then there was this one like small area where they're like, and this thing happened with Brawl and they modded the game. And that was pretty dope too. And I was like, going to check that out as well. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I started with Melee and PM at the same time. Um, my first tournament ever that I attended, I competed in both games. 
That's really cool. The doc, like you said, spent more time dunking on Brawl as a quote-unquote competitive game than it did highlighting how awesome PM is. And <laughs> admittedly, I'm not the biggest PM fan myself, but this is something no that worries. I'll be interested to learn more about because... I want to be told by people who love those sort of things, things like, I don't want to say Brawl Minus and all the other mods that have existed for the game because I don't know all of them by heart, but I know that PM mm-hmm. is obviously the most recognizable, well-known, and still has a community to this day. I, I know that yeah. for Central PA, Wombat Wednesdays is pretty popular on the oh, yeah. RTB Lancaster, so I don't know how familiar you are with that, but... All that to say, it's really cool more recently that the five days of Melee sort of helped to bring P+, I guess it's known as now, mm-hmm. sort of more back more into the light where where people go, oh, yes, right, that's a thing. And then they start playing and attend those tournaments as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, people usually just use PM and P+, interchangeably at this point. Um, it's only, like, depending on what region you're in, if you have to, like, differentiate that. So... And so you, like you said, you kind of got into both at the same time. Was the fact that it was on a newer console and that it was about modding that sort of piqued your interest, or did you like how the game felt, how PM felt specifically? I mean, I think the reason I kept playing is because I liked how the game felt uh, for PM, um, also for Melee. But it, like, if you're asking about PM specifically, uh, literally, it was because I didn't own a copy of Melee. I had a copy of Brawl. And before I could get a copy of Melee, because I had to like go find one used, uh, it was like before, obviously, like USB loading and everything has become so prominent. Way before, you know, way before uh, Slippy or even like passable netplay. Um, so yeah, it, did, it was literally it, just like I have Brawl. And and it was at the time where you would you would watch any major Smash tournament because I I watched tournaments for about a little under a year before I actually competed in one. Um, and you'd watch any major Smash tournament, and both Melee and PM were just about the same size, and so it didn't feel like you were specifically joining one game because of like this game's about modding or this game's more professional or whatever. It's just like I don't know, both have really cool things about them. Let's do it. And so when you started to go to tournaments, by the way, that's awesome that you decided to go because that's that's something that I never quite actually took a step in the direction of before before the pandemic. So I'll be excited to go to my well, first. Well, we got to fix that for you then. My first tournament in the in the new age when we're back to safe IRL events. But it's really cool to hear that you decided to do that and you went in at a time where like you said and and I think for me, I, I sort of forget this because I wasn't as involved as I'm trying to be now, that PM really was popular. It was really coming up and was just about as popular as Melee or Brawl themselves. So that was mm-hmm. probably as exciting of a time to get in. And of course, since you're a, a classic doc kid, a, a lot of other people are starting to get into it. What was sort of the, the first few or maybe the, the first year of attending tournaments like for you and why did you keep going back? Um, so I want to make a huge shout out for the first tournament I ever went to, uh, which was Hyper Fighting 2. It was a full FGC regional, um, small compared to like today's measures for what a regional was, but 
Like it was not just Smash. There was also Street Fighter and Marvel versus Capcom and a bunch of different stuff. I was only there for Smash. Did not really know the greater FGC at that point. Uh, but a small thing about it is that it was run by the Hadu, who is now like, head. I think he might be head. I know for sure he works with Twitch on their FGC stuff. He is also the uh, event organizer for Combo Breaker. And he's worked at CEO and he's like major, major FGC dude. And so it's this always like this small thing of like, yeah, he just ran a regional in Minnesota because that's where he's from. Um, that's really and cool. And you, you've come up in Minnesota from yep. the beginning. You've always been in Minnesota. Not always. Um, Minnesota's like where I'm from. Uh, I spent a year in Philly. So, um, I lived in Philadelphia for a year while I worked for AmeriCorps. Um, and I did because of, because it was AmeriCorps did not have money to really do a whole lot. I didn't attend a whole lot. Um, so I mainly just focused on one specific scene instead of all the games that I play. Uh, cause I just couldn't afford to go to like weeklies every week that kind of thing um but yeah so the back to your question though the first year of attending tournaments was uh went to this regional took some time off again i'm just because i feel like a lot of people do that when they're new they'll they'll go to like one big thing and then it'll take them a little bit to go to normal like just regular weeklies or monthlies and things like that um but there was monthlies that were being run at the university of minnesota um, and I was a student. I was a senior at the time. Um, I know I'm very, very thankful for all the people that are like in high school and college that play Smash. I'm personally very grateful I didn't get into this until my senior year because who knows what it would have done to my my studies. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I was a senior at the time. So I, I would go to like one tournament every month. Um, that's just all I could really focus on. And I would play with my roommates and that, that's how I would practice. Um, but I was the only one who really started actually going to stuff and started getting competitive. Um, but it was this really exciting time where, because I lived on campus or I lived right off campus, um, there was like in the like four block radius around the like, I, I didn't live on, in a dorm. I lived in a house that was just a bunch of students, but it was almost all like student housing and students. Um, like it was just like apartments or houses that were being rented, things like that. But in a like a five block radius, there was like 10 of us that were playing Smash. Um, and that was normal at the time because it was also like as the game was growing and getting to its biggest. Uh, and so those routinely days where it's like, well, I finally have a day or a weekend where I'm not working on a paper or have an exam. Let's play Melee until three in the morning. Or let's play PM until two in the morning or whatever. Um, so it was very much not just getting into the game, but it was getting into the game with friends who all were also new or within their first year of playing. Um, and so having that community of just like, we're all getting good together and learning together was really, really dope. And I'm still friends with a lot of them now. Um, That's really cool. But you, yeah. then you, you graduated college and like, which congratulations, by the way, something I, I didn't do, <laughs> but the, uh, the idea is now you're you're out of college and it's time to start adulting. How do you balance both of those things of needing to pay bills, but also enjoying not only Melee, but PM and probably starting to look into other games by now? Or are we still just in Melee and PM mode? Um, I, I've been playing. I don't remember when it came out. I probably should. I've been playing Rivals since Early Access. Uh I didn't get really into Rivals until like 
the year I was in Philly, actually. That's just because it was the easiest one to play in the computer um, when I couldn't afford to go to as much. Uh, so that was probably like 2016 where I got into things in 2014. Um, as far as balancing things, so I, I'm very much one of the kinds of people who, if I see that things are going on, um, I want to be a part of it. I want to help out. Uh, I only went to events for like three months before I started running them, which is pretty abnormal now that I look back on it. Uh, and so even at the, the year mark that you're talking about, I was already running my own tournaments. Um, I was I was waiting to ask about it because, yeah. like you said, that that's that seems very very early. My goodness. Yep. Uh, the first monthly I went to, I didn't know anybody, and just kind of like went and attended and had a good time. Um, and then by the literally by like the second or third monthly I went to, I already was just like, it's kind of weird that things are running so slow because like the person running it should just be more active in like getting people to go play their matches or doing whatever. I was just like, oh, I can like help. I can call out names. And it very quickly went from like that into helping run some of the brackets into me starting my own. Uh, I think it was, what was the first tournament I ran? That was like actually just me. Right, you're the head organizer of whatever that yeah, first tournament series was. I think it might have been Pummel, which was a, a Melee PM bi-weekly. Um, that's really cool but i've done i've done a couple a lot of my stuff is melee and pm just because those are the ones that i i play but um yeah like i started small i started with like bi-weeklies different stuff like that um and then and you were actually mentioning the like when did you start how did you balance work uh i i had a situation where uh, I graduated from college. My degree's in youth studies. I'm a, I'm a youth social worker. Um, and I was really struggling to uh, find a full-time job in my field. Um, I was in that weird situation where all of the good full-time jobs were asking for, like, <laughs> entry level, but three to five years of experience, you know, that, that crap. Um, but... Or I was able to find jobs that were like part time, but still asking for a college degree. Uh, and both kind of are dumb situations. I did like one of the part time ones. I worked at a coffee shop. Um, so I have a very strong fondness for coffee and barista and barista in things like that. I still make my own fancy pour over coffee. There you go. Yep. Um, but uh, at the time I was doing that and I was running smash events. Um, and that was when the scene was at its biggest and I was making not much, but like I was making a little bit of money running tournaments and it was sometimes it was the like, well, this paid my phone bill for the month, um, or whatever my, my internet or utilities. Um, in addition to, it basically was like working three part-time jobs at the same time. Um, and in all of not this, not much money, but a little bit. And in all of this, that's the whole thing. This, it, it is sort of a, not a thing completely thankless and you're not going in the red every single time but for running a tournament in melee pm probably just smash in general that's the safest way to to phrase it it's not like mm -hmm. call of duty it's not like another major esport dota league you get it and yeah 
you have to decide, am I still passionate enough about this to maybe not miss out? I don't want to call it that, but just maybe I could be spending my time doing something else. What kept you going? Did you feel the progression and go, oh, I'm running better and better events? I can feel my my evolution, if you will, my growth into this, and I really like that. What was What was the part of it, or maybe being a big community figurehead in Minnesota as time went on that kept you going and made you want to go, yeah, I'm, I'm running the next tournament. Um, honestly, uh, and I've said this about a lot of things is, um, I, the reason I'm in smash, the reason I'm still in smash, uh, as much as I love the games, um, I'm in it for the people. I wouldn't keep doing this if it wasn't for the people that were in the community. Um, just flat out would not be involved. Um, and so there was a lot of it that, that there was a point, and I don't remember what year this was, that I was the only one who ran a PM event in my state in over a year. Um, it never was quite that bad for Melee, but there's definitely been points where it's just like, if if I don't run an event for Melee, then we are going to get like one weekly that's out somewhere else and i i've always enjoyed running the bigger larger monthly events or regionals more than uh like smaller weeklies it's just what i enjoy more is the the planning the prep and like being able to get carpools of other states to come out um it was kind of one of those things where it just kept growing though uh because we i took over so we actually took over for those monthlies that i talked about earlier uh myself and another to named josh uh, J A A A H S H Josh. Um, and Josh is now the director of logistics for Panda Global. So like, uh, he and I started our own TO organization, uh, called Downbeat Collaborations, which, uh, rest in peace as of pandemic, I guess. But, uh, we started our own TO org because we basically were, we were both running two different bi-weeklies. He was running a Wii U bit bi-weekly and I was running Pummel, the Melee PM bi-weekly. And we were like, we could just run one big event. That'd be dope. And so we did it. Um, and so we started running events at the University of Minnesota. And um, then, sorry, I was, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. I wasn't sure if you were still collecting your thought there. Oh yeah, no. So, so we started running events at the University of Minnesota. Um, and we were running monthly tournaments. Uh, and without meaning to, we, we were just running big monthlies and did our own promotions. And we, we really enjoyed doing like, we would get stages and we we were the reason that Minnesota had streams at the time. We were um, to the point that people from other states started attending because they were like, hey, these are run really well. Um, we actually had a couple of times where people from other states would come to our tournaments and like take notes and be like, how do we do our own state monthlies this well? Um, TOs would come and just like watch. It was, they didn't tell us, <laughs> which was, it wasn't a like, oh, they're stealing from us. But there was a couple of times where it's like, like you could have just asked and we would have given you advice, whatever. <laughs> um, but we started running these and we eventually got to the point that our tournaments were too big for the university. We we got to the point where we were breaking fire code by hosting events. Uh, and the only events, the only spots that were bigger at the U were just like huge halls that we could not afford to rent. 
Um, and so it very much was a like, okay, so we've maxed out this, what do we do next? And so then we started doing, we rented a hotel ballroom once a month. Um, and those, because we had more space, the events kept growing. Um, but at one point, uh, we we just realized that on accident, we broke the record for the largest esports tournament in Minnesota history. 350 um, entrants, right? Uh, that was a different one. That is currently oh. the, the record holder. But it was like a 221, which was just like, oh, we accidentally got the biggest event. And so at one point, we were just competing with ourselves to be like, how how large of an event can we hold? Oh, no, um, only 210 attended this week. Okay, well, we'll get them next time. <laughs> well, and so that, that was the breaking point of like, oh, we have to move venues. We are like 50 people over fire code right now. This isn't good. <laughs> um, but we were getting people straight up like taking eight-hour drives from Canada and from the Dakotas and Iowa and a lot, lot of other places. And so we we moved to the, the monthlies at the hotel ballroom, and they've been at a couple hotels. Um, they slowly petered out last year, the year before that, um, just because like a couple people got hired at larger esports orgs, and I started doing a lot more stuff with my work and the year that I was in Philly and came back. And so like Down B has run its course, which is sad. I, I finally took all of the Down B stuff out of my out of like my Twitter bio and things like that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was just like a very pivotal part of like, oh, like I just kept growing. I kept learning um, certain things. I'd make a mistake and I'd learn how to deal with that better the next tournament, whether it was in seeding or in bracket structuring or in stream running and things like that. But yeah, it just kind of kept going and kept growing and we started running bigger stuff. Then we started doing more of like, all right, Instead of doing a monthly, we're going to wait a couple months and do a huge regional. So I forget where this question started. I'm just not rambling about Down B history. No, I love hearing about Down B history. And it's sad to hear that it has not completely 100% run its course. I'm a big believer in just hearing about Down B in the past 10 minutes. In the maybe perhaps it could be a Down B legacy, sort of like how Melee FC had a legacy tournament after everybody thought, well, they're not running tournaments anymore, but then the Kish brothers came back and said, actually, just kidding, we are running another tournament. <laughs> I could totally see that. Uh, the hard thing is, and this is going to sound really weird, I think if Dombia runs anything ever again, we have to do a national. I don't think but we can would do be another so cool, though. Or a really big regional, because none of us live in the same area anymore. Uh, Josh lives in like Washington, D.C. area now. Uh, Jackie Peanuts uh, lives. Yeah, actually, they're roommates. They they live together. Um, a couple of us are still in the Twin Cities. Um, like I'm in a weird spot where I'm I'm applying for jobs in a lot of different places. So who knows if I'm going to stay here or not? Like, and so it's one of those like if we did, we would have to do that. And I don't know. I'm not saying it'll never happen. I don't think it will. But you will very frequently see us all like at a national hanging out together it's still very much a like been downgraded from to org to crew basically but that's still really cool because since this is the midwest like minnesota's mm -hmm. midwest right i don't want to get yes. it wrong <laughs> right just double checking the other thing that i wanted to ask about because i don't know how many minnesotans i have interacted with 
at least on the podcast. So I'm interested in hearing about the relationship to Michigan because it's separated by one of the Great Lakes, right? Yeah. But do people still try to come over from Michigan to these events that you used to run with Josh, the Down B events? Uh, only the biggest ones. Uh, we had people come from Michigan for Push More Buttons, which was our flagship regional. Um, and not a whole lot. Uh, they were like people that they were the kinds of people who would come because they thought they had a chance to win it. Like that's how good they were versus like random people from Michigan. I will say though, shout outs to the PM scene because y'all are nuts. Um, PM people will hear about a tournament that might get like 30 entrants and be like, all right, we all have to drive there for eight hours because it's PM. Um, and so I would even as things were kind of dying down, there was still like, there was a point where every PM event I ran ended up like counting for the end of the year PM rank just because enough people from different states kept showing up. Um, and so like, yeah, we we would get like, all right, there's three Michigan people here because they all carpooled together and drove 10 hours for our small regional. But it's um, literally you have to drive down and then back up, right? Oh, yeah. No, they were they were insane. And I don't know why they did it, but they did. <laughs> Um, yeah, because it's not only the Great Lakes, but it's also all of Wisconsin. (laughs) I love hearing about the little little isms like that because I just don't think about it. I've I've never Mm -hmm. been to Minnesota or Michigan, so I'm thinking, separated by water, is there like a ferry or a bridge or something? And like that's literally my my idiotic uh, thought of going. Like I really don't know because I've never bothered to look it up, huh? You got to drive around that one. I will say that Down B had a very large impact on Big House. So uh, because there was points where, um, at least for the Wii U side of Big House, uh, Josh was the the head Wii U TO for it and then Ultimate TO for it. Um, it's just weird saying Ultimate when like, yes, Ultimate's been around for a while, but we've been in a quarantine for a third of it, I think. <laughs> Getting close. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, so he did that and... I was one of the like not head staff, but like the rung under it for the melee side. Um, and then another down B person was like the senior volunteer for the, the Wii U side, stuff like that. It's just like you you could look at quite a lot of events, actually, and just be like, oh, it's just a lot of down B people have stuck their way in, which was wonderful. <laughs> exactly. You're making an impact on the the greater scene, if you want to if you want to call it that. Obviously, the big house yeah. is one of those it's one of those events that it, almost anyone who knows what melee is is at least aware of big house especially after the cease and desist but before i get to the realm of the pandemic because i'll be interested to hear how your role and how mm-hmm. your push for different things has changed i wanted to ask about big house 9 because i have to because it sounds like you might have been there were you at big house 9 i was absolutely there i have not missed a big house since 5 i think 4 maybe I don't remember which one was my first. <laughs> um, I've been I have I've been staff at all except for one of them since I started going. Um, actually, if you look in a lot of the videos from Big House Nine, you can find me in the crowd um, because I was. I don't really care what I look like in the crowd. Um, not in like what I'm wearing. In a like I will pop off and I will yell and I will cheer. Um, and I very much enjoy it. And there's quite a few videos now of me just losing my mind in the crowd because like everything happened and I'm in like the third row. (laughs) 
hey, you were part of a you were part of an amazing history with these big house tournaments and with Big House Nine. I'm referencing that because the last person who I had on this podcast, shout outs to JDMH, who was specifically talking about going to different events, and he JDMH said something about also going is in the chat right now. So hello, <laughs> let's go, JD. Let's There's like go. three people that you've interviewed who have all popped in at least once. <laughs> Brent That's awesome. And I'm sorry that I haven't acknowledged any of you. I'm not able to read chat. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but that's awesome. Thank you for thank you for telling me. <laughs> I feel bad. I should have let no, off with I'm not really bad. I should have said something. I know <laughs> that you can't see chat. <laughs> JDMH said he was at Big House Nine and I got all excited because I said, Well then you saw you saw the grand finals. It's seated number one in the melee madness by melee yeah. stats. The bracket of greatest sets of all time mango versus zane and he's mm -hmm. like yeah i was i was actually filming or something at the time i, I wasn't really participating per se but it <laughs> sounded like you were there you watched it you were in like the third row i'm gonna go back and watch the pop-off now because i want to see if i can find you but anyway the point is is that i i, I just want to hear from someone who was there of either what grand finals was like or just maybe any other memory that you have that you look back on and you remember from big house nine Hmm. The odd thing is, despite being the number one set, I don't know if it's the best set I've seen live. Um, that being said, incredible. Uh, lost my mind. There's some really cool pictures that uh, that were taken by a good friend of mine um, that I look very angry in, but I'm just like losing my mind yelling, uh, screaming. It's great. Um, I was close enough, so I wasn't. I, I was in the first ten rows. I don't remember exactly where. I think it may be like row five, um, and I was close enough that I when, because you know how the the gameplay cut out for like thirty seconds and the commentators lost their minds. Yeah, the lost the lost stocks, or yeah. I forget what exactly so they called it, but yeah, that cut off on the screen too. The jumbotron. No way, it did. Yeah. Uh, none wow. of us could see what happened for a second. And so literally as this happened and everyone's standing, a like crowd just kind of rushes the stage. Not no one gets on the stage, but man, suddenly like 40 of us are trying to just desperately see what's happening on the CRT. <laughs> um, and so like I remember that. I remember everyone like freaking out for a second of like, oh my God, what's happening? And then it was back up pretty quickly. It felt like way longer when you like watch back. Um but yeah, no, everyone just freaked out and then it all came back on and the crowd had the exact same reaction as I think it was. I know it was Scar and Toph, but I, I think it was Scar that was just like, oh, my God, what happened? How'd they get to this point? Crowd did this big gasp. Everyone's freaking out. It was I live for the crowd moments. The 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 roar of a crowd watching Smash is like why I run events. Um, Something that a lot of, of I've talked with, like any of my TO friends. Um, a lot of us will view, depending on if you're the head TO, you do not do this. But if you're like the volunteer coordinator, uh, you often view like top eight as your, that's your vacation part. I've gotten all of the pools here and now top eight is kind of just run by the broadcast team and like one like player handler. Um, and there's many times where I'll just like look out over the crowd and be like, yeah, this is why I did it so that everyone can experience this all together. And as I was watching that live, it came back, the feed of the last 
game of that grand finals and reset because that was game 10 <clears throat> between Mango mm-hmm. and Zane. They had each already lost a stock. And so I was like, like everybody else going, how, wait, how? It's only been gone. Well, it felt like an eternity, but it was really realistically like 30 seconds, like you said. But somehow that just happened so quickly. So shout outs to Project Slippy. One of the many amazing things that they do, aside from mm-hmm. rollback, is that they also gave us the lost stocks because it was on a setup that Slippy was recording all the matches. It's still crazy to me that Slippy went from being this like kind of niche, like broadcasters use this to make the game feed look better. And we sometimes get stats from it into like Slippy is a household thing. And everyone needs to praise Fizzy for making it when we should have been praising Fizzy years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I think uh, the more that we, the more, or sorry, I should say, whenever it comes up, I always try to say thank you, Fizzy. Thank you to the Slippy team mm-hmm. as a whole. Because it's not just specifically just just Fizzy himself. Also, there's also, there's other people that participate to some degree and help out with everything else. And then everybody who is a patreon that's not me as of this moment sorry i did say that but you get it if you can be you should do that mm-hmm. and they help keep the servers up and running because i i learned this <clears throat> not as slippy launched the rollback netcode but sometime afterwards it actually costs money to to, to yes. like run these <laughs> these these things what a surprise i should have known but thank mm-hmm. you so much to project slippy for for giving us not only the lost stocks but also rollback but before we i keep teasing the pandemic i don't know if that's actually worth teasing but i wanted to ask you a question you talk about these events that you've run from small to really large events or at least helping run the really large Mm -hmm. events like big house from your own perspective as a to as someone who was and is working behind the scenes what would you say is one positive and negative thing about the smallest local and one positive negative thing about the biggest national. Hmm. Uh, I mean, we'll start with the locals, I guess. Uh, the biggest thing about locals is the camaraderie. Um, once you go to enough, you just know everyone there. Or you know, like, oh, this person probably is new, and I get to, like, introduce myself. Um, especially in the, like, TO role. Um, one of the things that I really loved about TOing is that if there was somebody who was new, I was almost always the first person to get to meet them and to introduce them to the scene, uh, which is always really special to me because usually someone would show up and be like, they would show up and say, hey, I'm XYZ tag or I'm this name. Uh, this is my first tournament. What do I do? How do I sign up? And I'd be like, perfect, let's do this. Um. And I've made so many great friends, both by entering other people's tournaments or running my own. Um, The worst thing. I mean, it's not. I'm a big proponent of like your production and your your style should fit the event you're running. Um, So I like I don't want to say like the worst thing about locals is that they don't matter as much. They just matter in different ways. Your your one local isn't going to. Your one local isn't going to like change the course of a national conversation, but it shouldn't need to do that. That's not the point of a local. Um, I 
Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. Like there's no, there's there's bad things about individual tournaments, but I don't can't really think of anything that's bad about locals as a concept if that makes sense. I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for. That's a great answer. That's a fantastic answer because <clears throat> from my own perspective, the only drawback that you could really say is that one local will not change a national conversation, but that's not why you would that's have a local. Yeah. And you have a local because everybody knows each other or at least is aware of everybody else that's there. Once you go to one or two, it, it doesn't take long. I don't participate. I can't participate in online events. But for Central PA, there's Smash at Penn State and there's 717 mm -hmm. events like Raise the Bar where I know most of the people there through the Discord now. And I've had on the TO who runs that. And it's so... Shout outs to Jesse. And it's so cool that for me, I can look at the national conversation and be excited about Twitter, Twitter drama. Uh, not necessarily <laughs> that all the time. Drama, I can fine. be excited by these <laughs> events such as such as the most recent one, not for local fight night. Sorry. The. Oh, gosh. Gallant. Uh, yes. Yeah, sorry. The Gallant yes. Melee okay. Open Spring Edition. <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm sorry, dear. No. Uh, and <laughs> seeing S2J and seeing S2J win a really, really big event. So both yeah. of those are really awesome. Yes, but to the largest scale tournament, the national level tournament, a positive and negative thing, mm -hmm. if if you can think of any. Yeah, I mean, just a quick aside for for the locals, like even even that still has the same level. Like we still talk about sets where the number one player in Minnesota got upset by someone who wasn't PR'd or things like that, or like watching your friends make some huge moves and like start making upsets. Like you still get, it's almost like just a really condensed version of like, these are things that matter to us and they matter just as much to us. Um, things about nationals. Uh, I think the best thing about nationals is really providing people an amazing weekend, if that makes sense. Again, I'm thinking about this from the TO perspective. The experience of the event, yes. Yeah, like there is, there is nothing that matches a well-run national, or there's nothing that matches that that energy, whether you're at Genesis or Big House or Shine or like any of those. Um, there's just an energy, um, whether it's the energy of top eight where everyone's freaking out. Um, or just losing their minds for the game, or it's the energy of like uh, watching pools happen and everyone's just excited. Uh, one of my favorite things about nationals is when you see like a large crowd start to form around one small setup, and you like as a spectator are just like, "What's happening in there?" Like you run over to and you join the crowd, and sometimes it's like, "Oh my god, these two players that like." The match didn't make it on stream, but they're both huge national names. They're fighting each other really early in pools. I've also come to those and been like, what's going on? And people are like, we don't know either. We're just all watching now. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you leave and people are like, I don't. Uh, OK, everyone. <laughs> like, it's the, the, the law of crowds where people are just like, I don't know what happened. Why are we all watching this match now? <laughs> and it's like not top level gameplay, but like it probably started because a bunch of local homies were cheering for their boy or whatever. And then the crowd just moves from there. Um, so yeah, the, the energy at a national, um, one of the cool things is that, uh, 
I feel like every national has its own vibe in a very good way. Um, whether that's like, uh, I've never been to Shine, but like watching it, you can just see the like, it's like probably the most esports quote unquote one, the the highest like production level. Um, Genesis feels like a show. I always describe Genesis as like our version of the Super Bowl. Um, being in the theater for top eight just feels different. It feels very intense and cool. Um, Big House feels like a, a large sporting event almost, which makes sense for, you know, its namesake. Um, I do want to give a small shout out to like regionals. I think regionals are probably the best at like giving a really cool vibe. Uh, one of the my my can't miss tournaments is Smash Camp, which is a, a tournament that is on a campgrounds and you stay in bunks and your your venue fee pays for like a meal at the canteen. Um, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it's a it's a really dope event in Arizona run by the cheat. Um, the cheat in Yangling, I believe. Uh, but I do not miss Smash Camp anymore. I went once. I literally had a migraine while I was there, and it's still one of the like, nope, I'm just never going to miss this event again because it's literally Smash at a campground. That's dope. Um, or like Full Bloom, which is somewhere between a national and a regional, uh, just because they have to cap it for size. But Full Bloom is like, yeah, it's in an old like university building, and they have an organ, and like it's just like really cool stuff that happens. I don't know. Big fan. Um, so yeah, the energy that you just can't get. Um, I really like people. I've had people tell me that, like, thank you for running this event. It was, whether it's someone who they go to every national or it's someone who, like, they get to go to, like, one and they've many, maybe been to two nationals ever that are, like, this is one of the coolest weekends of my life. Thank you for helping run this. Um, thank you, T.O.'s. Yep. Also, yes, Hank, I love Chuck and I miss Chuck a lot. He should be on the show at some point. Um, worst thing about nationals is they're very stressful. <laughs> um, when something goes wrong at a national, it is way more evident or way more people care than if something goes wrong at a weekly. Something goes wrong at a weekly, people are like, well, this is sucks, but whatever. Well, we all know this person, like, it'll be fine. Um, something goes wrong at a national and you have now... Like I, I was one of the TOs at Smash and Splash last year, um, which ripped Smash and Splash. Uh, very excited for Riptide. Um, I don't know if you know a whole lot about each of those, but that's a whole different topic. Um, but uh, Smash and Splash had the infamous, they tried Waterfall, not Waterfall, they tried um, Swiss, was it? Swiss Pools? Um, and it went awful because the way that Swiss works is like if something gets thrown off on time, it just backs everything up. Um, and so there was a point where people were finishing like pools that should have been at 8 p.m. at like midnight. Um, oh. and so you, yeah, it was really bad. There's pools that like didn't finish until like one in the morning. Um, people had to like constantly check the internet to like see how far back behind schedule things were for certain games. Um, it was it was very, very rough. Um, and again, we got to top eight, and by that point, things were great. Um, it's a tournament at a water park, so like that's dope. Um, in Wisconsin, was... that's the part that could, like I I learned that recently. Yeah, I was it was like, in Wisconsin. Wait, Wisconsin. Dallas. Yep. Um, Riptide is going to be the successor for that, which will be much better in almost every way. I guarantee it. Just because I know the people behind it, good friends with all of them. Um, 
and it will literally be at a different Kalahari, just not the one in Wisconsin. Um, it'll be at, I think, Ohio. I'd have to double check that. Um, well, JDMH, you need to get all over that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if something goes wrong or something happens, it feels much worse because you're impacting so many more people. Um, it's also very stressful. There are uh, any staff just knows the like after you run a national, you are exhausted. You are mentally drained. You are just done. It is a race getting like everything got ready up till this point. And now we're trying to like make the most of it. Um, yeah, just running, running a national at that level is a grind. And again, I'm speaking from the TO's perspective. Um, I've TO'd. I, I had the stat figured out at one point. I don't think since like 2015, there's a national that I've been to that I wasn't on staff. Um, which I was hoping to change this year and then pandemic happened. So I wanted to go to more events for a vacation. Um, but I've either been on staff or like one or two of them um, I did commentary at. But it's still like a different role where you're doing a job. Right. Uh, and so still, I don't, it's, I don't yeah, really You're not know just purely a spectator or player. Yeah. And so like it's very strange for me because part of me like doesn't quite know what the just being a player perspective at a national is besides like my first one ever. Um, but yeah, the, the grind of like getting everything ready, you're just exhausted. You're wiped. Um, yeah. And that, I, I that, think that's that it. should it's be, that stressful. should be expected, honestly, because you yep. have to do so much and then all of a sudden it's over and you got to tear down too. Yes. Yep. So I wanted to ask about the year of 2020 for you from your own perspective. You sure. had to go from go attending events, looking forward to nationals to go to and help out with since you can take you can take wisely out of the TO role, but you can't take the TO role out of wisely. I don't know, <laughs> some kind of thing. You get it. I and very sure, yeah. And then and then the pandemic happens. So you have to stop with the IRL events. Just take me through what you were feeling at the start and as the year progressed with slippy rollback, all that stuff. How was twenty twenty from your perspective? Um, twenty twenty's been really hard. Uh, it's not been great for my mental health. I'm doing better right now, but like definitely been in and out. Um, I think 2020 went from like, oh, like uh, I remember I like was supposed to go to full bloom like the month afterwards. Because um, that was in like April and this it all started happening in March. I want to say it was in April at least. And I was super excited about this. And I remember when they, they were finally were like, hey, we have to cancel this. It's like, oh, this sucks. And then like more events started canceling. Um, and it just slowly turned from a like, oh, we'll be able to run things in like a month and a half, though, into like, oh, it's going to be further. It's going to be like four months. OK, now all those events are being canceled. It's going to be like and now we're at the point where like events in 2021 started being canceled and then we weren't getting stuff in the summer of 2021. Um, and so it was this huge bummer of like, all of these things that I looked forward to, whether it was things that I was going to do for the first time or events that like I always just go to anyways. Um, 
just watching them all slowly be canceled one by one. All of the things that I like, whether it was Riptide or I'm the I'm the head volunteer coordinator at Low Tier City, so that's like the event I have the highest role for. Um, so two years ago was the first time I did that role, and I was super excited to do it again this year. And eventually, I had to cancel it, or I didn't cancel it, but I was part of the team, and we canceled it. And now we're looking at the second year that or we're looking at. So that was 2020 that we canceled. And now we're looking at like, we probably can't run that the summer of 2021 either. Like it just keeps getting pushed. Um, it's hard. I also just like straight up don't enjoy melee online as much. So that's been hard for me. I, I love Slippy and I'm very, very thankful for it. Um, but it's really hard for me to take tournaments and really try to compete. Um, I And so part of me really took 2020 as a chance to pivot what my role was for a while um, instead of TOing. And um, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but like my role in commentary has changed a lot in 2020. Um, before 2020... I did commentary mainly for PM and for rivals. Uh, and I did melee at like some regionals. Um, the furthest I had done in melee was like early pools at low tier city. Um, I had never done melee commentary at a national. Uh, and, and I be, but I was in a spot where I was doing like, I'd gotten to the point of doing like top eight or top 16 commentary for PM at nationals. Um, and also the same thing for rivals at nationals. And so one of my goals this year was like, I was going to start doing TOing a little bit less at tournaments that I went to and try to do more commentary there. And that shifted much harder than I expected because now it's just like, uh, I'm helping TO the Alston melee bender. Very excited about that. This is the first tournament I've TOed in like over a year. But it's going to be so sick. I was going to hope to sick. squeeze that in at some point. Yeah, it's going to be super sick. You all should, if you're East Coast, should uh, sign up. But like, that's the first event I'm TOing in so long. Um, but I've done way more commentary, both at like random smaller things, but also at like started getting gigs with Gallant and started getting, I've done other like invitational things. Um, and it's really been this cool, like, all right, I've proven that I can do this. Um, I also started doing way more stuff with Twitch and YouTube and making content. Um, I was going to anyways, but really like being locked at home was just like, oh, I I, I have plenty of time now, I guess. Um, and one of my things for that, though, was they, like, if I'm going to make stuff on Twitch, if I'm going to make things for YouTube, I want to showcase a perspective. I don't want to just be just another person that's doing Melee stuff on YouTube or just another person that's doing FGC stuff. Um, I really specifically have wanted to, like, what I do, even if it's just me doing variety things, that's fine. Either showcase personality or um, take like really be able to showcase a TO or commentator perspective on these things. Um, just because those aren't super common. Um, I don't know. I 2020 has also been a really weird year for me because I switched controllers. Um, I switched from a GameCube controller to a box controller uh, because of hand pain. And so a lot of other people have been using 2020 as a like either they're taking a step back 
or they are like super on their grind to improve and really be able to like use Slippy as a chance to hit up the the premier Peach player in their area and just be able to play at any time or the premier whatever matchup they're working on. I have just been reteaching myself how to play the game at all so that my hands don't hurt. And has the switch to the box controller helped out with the hand pain then? Yes, 100%. Um, right now I have a Smashbox. Hold it up. Um, I'm getting a frame one. I'm very excited to test that out. That should be coming in the next month or so. Um, but yeah, I can I can play Smash without my hands hurting now. Uh, two years ago, I guess, was when that was happening. I was attending tournaments, and I knew that, like, oh... If I really play a lot at a national, like I'll have hand pain up and down, or not hand, but like arm pain as well, up and down my arm. Like, that's not great. Like my elbow would hurt a lot, which told me it was like a like tendon, I guess. I don't know. Some issue. Um, and so I was doing all of that, but like whatever. I, I just wouldn't grind a ton, but I'd still be able to play. Um, and then when Slippy came out, which was obviously a godsend, um, I played I really just hadn't played much smash at all because I don't I did not like old net play. Um, I, I just didn't enjoy it at all. So I just didn't play much smash for quite a while. Um, and then I didn't have any hand issues. Uh, and then Slippy came out. I played like 12 hours of smash in two days and then had to take a full week off because my arm hurt too much. And was just like, oh, I can't do this. And so I played a little bit, really could only play like every other day and only for a little bit at a time. And when it went from a like beforehand, I was just like, oh, I maybe I'll think about getting a box controller someday, but I'd prefer to play in controller to like, oh, I have to switch now or else I just will have to retire. Um, which is oddly enough, while we really haven't talked about it, like I, I play three different Smash games. I play Melee, PM and Rivals. Um or I guess platform fighters, but uh, I just would have had to retire from all of them, and that would have really been demoralizing for me. And it's thanks to not only Hitbox, I believe, is the one that sells the mm -hmm. Smashbox, right? Yep. Right? That's the one I'm using so, right now. And also the box, frame one. There's also... Mm -hmm people making videos such like crane shout outs to crane who makes yep. videos on how to do your own controller if you really want to make a box style controller you can do it yourself if you get the ingredients if you will <laughs> <laughs> so it's really I'm cool to hear to do that, but yes you can, you definitely can make your own right it's it's really cool to hear that they're is going to be an alternative and one that probably will become more commonplace because you're you're not the only one I want to sort of, I don't know if validates the right word, but just from the different conversations that I've had and trying to be on the Melee Twitter and consuming as much Melee content as possible, that there there seems to be a decent amount of people who are at least trying out different things. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, oh, yeah, I'll do a different character for sure, or I'm going to intentionally switch to a box-style controller. It just sort of happens because without in-person events... A lot of people miss that for sure. And to your point, Slippy is fantastic. And it's it to, compared to, I guess, maybe the FGC as a whole or online play as a whole, 
Melee Slippy Rollback is definitely up there. It's it's very good for for online play compared to the rest of the field, if you will. But it's still not the same as an in-person event. Nobody can say that with a straight face. That is, oh yeah, they're the same thing. It's not. It's not. You're missing out on that rush of energy and the vibe like you were talking about with with locals as well as regionals and majors so then i guess i'm gonna try this and then it just happens right yeah i feel a lot more of a desire to improve at the games when i'm actually competing regularly and you can't do that without locals um like yeah before quarantine i was i've never been pr'd in melee um but that was going to be my next focus was really grinding that out. Um, but I spent a, a season really focusing hard in PM and then I got PR'd that season. Um, Ooh, let's go. Yeah. I'm also really good at rivals. Oddly enough, uh, rivals is probably it's, I, I play it just as much as the others, but it's, there's not really locals. And so like, I just go to nationals and see how I do. Um, I got 49th last Genesis and 25th at last big house for rivals. Um, that's 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 much better than I would ever be able to do for rivals. <laughs> and so, like, I do like my main focus is on toing and now commentary. But like, if I had to just stop playing, I would be so sad. <laughs> but yeah, I I never would have, I never would have been able to continue playing. Like, I would have had to retire. And the fact that the box controllers let me still do that is incredible. Absolutely. That's so cool that you're able to continue to play on. What were you saying? Sorry. No, I, I, I probably was the one who cut you off. No, I was just saying it's really cool that you're able to still continue playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick, just because it's relevant. Someone in my chat asked, uh, do you get hand playing playing guitar too? Um, I've never played. Like I, I play guitar, obviously. I have a bunch of instruments in the background. Um, I feel like grinding guitar is very different than grinding smash. Like, I'm much more playing guitar to relax if I'm doing that uh, versus like part of the reason was like holding a controller too tight and the way it makes your hands fit. Um, If I play guitar for like three hours, I probably would, but I've never tried to do that that long. Um, The other thing is my, my other big hobby is rock climbing, which so all of my hobbies are super hand intensive, which is dumb and my fault, but um, rock climbing even doesn't hurt my hands the way smashed it. Like my hands would well, you can't rock climb for three straight hours with no breaks, right? I mean, my hands would be sore, and like, like a lot of the like, um, why am I blinking on the term? Uh, like calluses would build up, but like climbing would be like all my muscles are sore. Playing smash on a controller for enough time would be like. I'm having severe pain in my elbow where the tendon connects to my like that's how I was like, oh, this isn't just a like soreness. This is a like this is bad for me and I need to switch. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that we talk about your YouTube for a little bit. We're getting close to an hour here, so I don't want to take too much of your more of your time. You've been very generous. I mean, I'm I wanted to stuff. ask you about the YouTube because you're you're talking about how you wanted to get a little bit more into content creation and to your point with with quarantine pandemic it's like well i do have a little bit more time here and there so 
some of these videos that I've that I've watched, I've watched most of the recent ones. Thank you. Especially ones like why Smash and FGC should care about Brawlhalla and mm-hmm. Top Prayer Privilege, how I beat Ludwig, those kind of things. These are all <laughs> these are all uh, what what excellent clickbait by the way it didn't quite take off yet funny. but it, it hopefully it will soon the yeah that one just like didn't catch on in the algorithm i'm like whatever like i had fun i just wasn't i was like i was like that's the one i expected to be like people that i don't know clicking on <laughs> no if i put ludwig on the title of one of my podcasts i'd be like come on i mean come on it had the, it had the <laughs> initial viewership and then just went like sideways after that i was like okay fine <laughs> But it's still a very well done video, but you're not doing it specifically on your own. Want to do give a shout out to G Dubs. Yeah. Huge shout outs to G Dubs. I've also had a couple other people help me with editing. Um, G Dubs had a health issue a couple months. Like he's he's said recently that he is at like 95% health now, which is amazing. Um, but there's a point where he just like wasn't able to. And so I had a couple other people help. Um when I was like uh, obviously I've taken a little bit of a break because of moving. I haven't, this is my first stream in like two weeks. And then it was like another two weeks before that. Um, so I'm still putting up weekly videos, but there was a point where like he would edit half the videos and I would edit half the videos. I mean, that's just the only way that I was able to keep up with like, without it just being like, I upload one thing a month and it's not even like a big full on like video essay, which I do do, but I, it can't be the only thing I make or else it just takes way too long. And the whole idea behind that is to maybe perhaps supplement, but it's not going to be your main focus. Or do you think that content creation is going to be like a a forty percent part of your life, if that makes sense? Um, I mean, it, right now this is all hobby. Uh, I only just passed a thousand subs, which I did that in the first year I started doing YouTube, which I, I feel like is a really really cool milestone. Um. I I've, apparently that's like good pace for it's weird because I think YouTube is strange and that you see a lot of the channels that blow up overnight. Um, whereas for me, it was just like a consistent growth up to the, the thousand that I'm at now. Um, what was I going to say from there? Uh, oh, like how much time I'm spending right now. It's just a hobby. I'm definitely losing money on it because I've bought an equipment. I want to get a new another new camera like there's stuff that i want to put money into um i pay g-dubs to do my editing not as much as he deserves but like i was paying him to do my editing before i was making any money from it and now i've made five dollars total lifetime (laughs) like it's not much um i need a video to go viral again uh but so my goal right now, and this is related, my goal right now is to transition to full-time esports. Um, right now, I'm a, a youth social worker, um, and I do all this as a hobby on the side. Um, one of my big goals is to actually combine those. I really want to do youth-focused esports, um, which is a huge growing industry. But I think the next step for me is just to do full-time esports in general. Uh and if I do that, I'm going to start TOing normal Smash things much less. Uh, just because no one wants to do their job and then go on a vacation and do their job again, but for less money. <laughs> um, 
I would certainly help out at a lot of nationals. I would still TO. I would still do stuff. I would just be a lot pickier with which events I'm TOing and which events I'm just like going to have fun as an attendee. Um, but the events that I go to go there without trying to work there, I want to make content at now. Um, and so I still wouldn't give myself a break because I, I just don't like giving myself breaks, I guess. Um, but yeah, my goal would be to like, I'm going to a couple specific events to help run them, but all the other ones that I go to, I'm going to try to get on commentary and that's not a guaranteed thing. I'm not at that level yet, but I'm going to try to get on commentary and I want to like buy a camera and buy a laptop that lets me do content on the road. That's my goal right now, at least. I love it. And then what what do you think of the current landscape of FGC, if you want to talk broadly, or if you want to talk about Melee, since you know there's no pressure to make it all Melee, all Melee. Nope. I love how much coverage you give to to PM and to Rivals of Ether and a little bit of the Brawl Halla there on the one video anyway. But where do you think of 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 <laughs> I made a video about it and then I got a lot of people who assumed I played it. It's like no, I was just comparing the esports scenes. I will play right, it. Right, right. I have I didn't I have want to that I'm working on where I'm gonna play a lot of indie fighting games. But it's moving it's like I don't have time right now. <laughs> But where do you see where do you see Smash going into the rest of 2021? What do you look forward to or what do you see coming up? For content or just like in general? One, the other, both. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, this sure. is the last question. I have so many questions. We got to get you back on, but I I want to respect your time. <laughs> um Smash in 2021, I think I hope and this is just based on the current vaccine rollout and everything like that. I hope we're able to start doing small in-person events by at the end of the summer. Um, I don't see us having any nationals in 2021 that that are not in person. Because um, even if you're even if we have a good vaccine rollout, I would be really scared to have like 2,000 people in a convention center. Right, right. Um, I, I think it might be a little bit better overseas. Um, so I think that there's a once overseas nationals are able to happen in person like uh air or fete i forget which one was the one that was announced um either way i really want to go uh i think we're gonna see a little bit of the the overseas like the european and other places uh that are able to hold safe nationals i think we're gonna see some of those like get more attention than they normally would have um I think Smash being all online for quite a while has really forced people to up their content game. Um, for a long time, I hated most Smash content. I'm just, I'll be, I've talked with a lot of people about that. I think it's a lot of it's very bad. Um, there's a lot of people doing really good work, like uh, Radar and Turned On for Walt. And um, I really like what Toph is doing right now. Um, and then there's a bunch of people who do like some Smash and some variety things like Kony. Uh, I love his stuff as well. Um, there's people that I, I really like that I haven't mentioned, obviously, but, uh, there was a, you know who you are. Sure. Yeah. Um, there was a point where like watching any stream that wasn't a tournament was just like watching two people play smash and silence together and sometimes talk about the game. And that was it. And that is not entertaining to me at all. 
I, I know that there's a few people who are good enough that they will like be able to carry a stream just by being that good at the game, whether you're like a Zane or an IBDW. But you would watch people who were like barely in the top 100 or weren't even top 100 and they would stream and it's just like, you're not doing anything besides just playing the game. And then people would get frustrated at why Smash Twitch wasn't doing well. Um, I also think like it was the same thing with Smash YouTube stuff. Uh, we we got a bunch of people making really good documentaries and people making good tutorial content. And that was about it. Um, and now we're seeing people that are doing like, here's my take on like a lot of the big news stuff, like what I was saying Tofa is doing. That's really good. Um, but there's huge swaths of every other major esport has people making content in these different areas. And no one's doing that for Smash yet. Um, and we have people that are working on it. I'm really excited. I think Ranked is going to do a whole lot for that because Ranked gives people a storyline. Um, content, especially YouTube, all needs to be based off of like, what are you trying to tell people with this? And even if it's something as simple as like the challenge of getting to the top rank or watching someone improve or whatever, it's going to be huge uh, for for Melee specifically. Um, yeah, like I, I think that the story of 2021 will be still, it'll be how are we mixing in-person and IRL events? Um, especially when small locals are able to start popping back up in safe ways at the, I don't know how soon, but I assume that by the end of 2021, we'll be able to have some safe locals. And so how are you balancing national rankings with like, so we've had some locals and then we've had bigger, I think there's going to be a point where we're having in-person locals and online regionals or online nationals. And it's like, how do you mix those two as you slowly bring things back up before we can do real IRL nationals again? Um, and I think we're in for a very, very interesting year because of that. As like right now, it, it's just, it was a clear cut between, I was literally at the last in-person event. Um, I was at CEO Dreamland. I was, that was my biggest or most prominent commentary gig at the time in person because I got top 16. It was supposed to be a big national. And then we watched like half the crew drop out because it, people started hearing more news about this coronavirus thing. And literally I've said that if, if I'd known before flying out what I knew by the end of that weekend, I wouldn't have gone. Um, luckily it was safe. I'm fine. Um, but yeah, it, it was this like hard cut of like, nope, we just don't have events anymore. And so I think the the transition of like slowly bringing back smaller locals to regionals to nationals will be a huge storyline of like, when is this safe? What can we do? How do we how do we value an in person local to a online regional that sort of thing? It's going to be a story of. How do you revive? Because you can't just pick up where you left off, quote unquote. It's There's going to be a semblance of a new normal and for things to start off slowly. It's sort of like, and I've never experienced this, but I've watched enough of this one show called Alone where they have to, survivors have to be by themselves for a really long time and they're like, 
they talk about going back into normal life after having not really eaten a lot, and it's you can't just start off with a pizza and two cheeseburgers and French fries. You have to really like start off the ground and start really slowly and then transition to solids. You get it. So it's not oh, going to be okay. <laughs> I was not sure where that was going. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just you can't just go. All right, well, we're safe enough percentage wise, or however else you want to qualify it, and then, all right, well, big house is on the calendar, so I guess uh, everybody out, come out to big house. Half the people probably wouldn't show up because it, they it just it feels weird, or they're they're not ready yet, or they're not vaccinated mm -hmm. yet. If there's it's going to have to be a slow process. So, like you said, navigating through that finding ways to weave the storylines, finding ways to make things, I don't want right. to say matter. It's just that it's it all kind of goes part of that marketing conversation that took over Melee Twitter last week. But for mm -hmm. FGC as a whole, I'm sure there's, there's, there's enough of that. How do we get there as soon as we can, but also not too quickly because safety has to be a really big priority. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Let's get you going here. Please tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, uh, you can find me at um, at at wisely on like every social media. Um, that's why I picked it. Uh, so at at wisely on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, I guess Instagram, but I just use that as a personal thing. I don't ever unless I'm at an event, I'm not posting smash stuff on there. Um, do I have anything else? I mean, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter are the big ones for me. Um, I promise I will be back to streaming regularly very soon. Um, I'm doing a couple small events. Now that I'm getting to the point of being unpacked and unboxed, I will be able to start streaming from my new place. I have fiber internet now. It's sick. Um, and then YouTube. YouTube is the big thing for me right now. Uh, YouTube is, I'm going to say, more important than Twitch for me right now. Twitch is easier to like make a little bit of income and I barely any again, like 50 bucks a month or whatever. But like I am doing things on Twitch so that I can put them on YouTube. And so I'm taking that route of like if I'm doing something it's because I want to make a video from it later. Uh, YouTube is the big one for me. Um, if you're interested in content that is about either me is like I'm streaming indie games or doing stuff or me, my thoughts on TOing or commentary or multiple Smash games, things like that. That's where I'm posting all of that. Um, I'm also going to be not pivoting, but I'm going to be adding in a lot more of content. That's uh, are you familiar with Rocket League at all? A little bit. I've played here and there, okay. just you know like at other, you know, be pre pandemic. You get it. Sorry, what were you saying? Do you know who Sunless Khan is? Oh, yeah, I have no idea. Okay, never, never mind. Uh, I'm going to be trying to do some Smash content in his style, if that makes sense. He makes Rocket League videos. Um, I'm not going to, like, yoink his personality or anything, but I there are certain videos that he does that's like, hey, that would be perfect to do with Smash. It is absurd that no one's tried that yet. Um, yes, wisely. Just, please do that. Yeah. Uh, so often what he does is he'll do, like, special challenges that involve, like, uh, playing Rocket League ranked, or he'll do different things, but he has other people on because um, he's now he's on a team. He's friends with a lot of professional players. Um, and so they'll do special things that are like having pros guess the ranks out of, of the players that this video is on, or uh, we put one 
pro player against eight gold players or things like that. Um, you have to tweak it to make it work for Smash, but I think people need to do that kind of stuff too because it's really good content that works for casual and competitive people where both sides of the coin really enjoy it. Um, I'm working on my first one for that. I guess I can give a little bit of a hint. Um, it is not for Melee, um, though... Actually, I got two things that I'm working on for it. One is uh, I'm doing a PM combo contest on Sunday. Uh, myself, Saber, Marshall, and I am blanking on one of the names. I'm so sorry. Uh, Teals uh, are you're going to judge that. I'm going to stream it on my channel. Um, it's the first PM combo contest ever. So we're really excited to see what happens and see if we can do some more of it. Uh, and I'm definitely going to make a video of it. By me, I mean I'll have G-Dubs make a video of it because that is going to take better editing than what I can do. Um, Much love to the G-Dubs train. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the other one that I'm doing right now is for Rivals. I have some plans for Melee. I just need to reach out to people and get them in. The one for Rivals is there is a Rivals player named Penguin uh, who's number two in the world. Um, and Penguin likes to BM people. Let's be real about it. Uh, what Penguin will do sometimes is he will see how big of a tournament he can take without using his B button. Um, and so he'll literally will go into the settings and unbind his specials. So no, no side B, no up B, no neutral B, anything like that. Um, and he's beaten top 10 players without having specials. Uh, he's ridiculously good at this video game. And so uh, I am running the gauntlet for him because um, he's won certain tournaments with this, but all the footage uh, just has been lost. It wasn't uploaded or like it wasn't more than just like, here's the tournament set. Um, so I'm running a gauntlet for him. I'm talking to different people, but we're going to have one of each of the like bronze, silver, gold. I think it's diamond, platinum, and master. Um, and then we're having like six different top 50 players and he has to work his way up to beating each of them. And I'm very excited about that. That all sounds like a fantastic content that's coming, and I still have so many questions, but thank you so <laughs> much for being on Bottom of the Smash Mountain with me, Wisely. Thank you for having me. It was it was a lot of fun. We'll have to we'll have to do a second one to get all the other questions out. <laughs> Why is it so quiet? Oh right, transition. Yep. The podcast is going out tonight. Woo! I'm putting in work or however you want to phrase it. A 11 o'clock-ish podcast. See, it's 10.15 right now, but this probably won't get pushed out until closer to 11. It is a pretty grindy, grimy thing, you know? I should note, for anyone who's still here, which, by the way, thank you for listening to the Wisely interview and for hanging in there with us, and now you're here listening to me ramble on. I normally put out my interviews pretty quickly. I don't usually sit on them. There are one or two that I will sit on as necessary, and that has more to do with intentional timing. But generally speaking, I don't have to be intentionally holding back a podcast interview and the such. So I wanted to put it out tonight. I just felt inspired to do so. I don't expect to always put out the the kind of pressure on myself where I have to put out a podcast by the day that I record it, by that midnight hour of the same day of recording. So not going to be a regular thing, but I think that for today, I just felt inspired, so I'm doing it. 
Let's talk about the Alston Melee Bender. Why are we going to talk about it? Because it's a super sick event that's happening. One of the side events, or maybe this is going to end up being some kind of main event. We don't know. Well, I imagine that Alston Melee knows, but I don't know. I'm not affiliated technically, technically. But we're going to have a J-Chic round robin. That's right. J-Mook, J-Flex, J-Not, J-Salt, J-Cam are all going to be competing against one another to decide who is the ultimate J-Chic. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's part of the bring your own beef. That's the very first one that was announced earlier, not today. The second one was announced today. The J Chic round robin for Bring Your Own Beef was announced yesterday. But today, earlier today, second confirmed Salty Sweet, the Bring Your Own Beef, is Dark Gen X versus Acidics. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce that tag. In a giant melee, first of five, custom slippy build and all. So they have a picture of a giant Kirby from the adventure mode cinematic where Kirby just drops from heaven above on top of the platform and your character, if you're playing as Falco or playing as Pichu, is looking upon this giant Kirby and then you fight giant Kirby in adventure mode in melee. I don't know if Kirby's actually going to be used, but I feel like I'm having my expectations set for Dark Gen X or Acidics to use Kirby in this first of five. Maybe high tiers are banned? Who knows? We don't know all the rules yet. Well, I should say I don't. Once again, Halston Melee probably knows. And that's the whole thing. Go to Smash GG, look up the Alston Melee Bender, and sign up if you're on the East Coast. And if you're not able to sign up to compete because you're not on the East Coast, fear not. East Coast, West Coast, any part of the world at any time are indeed able to go over to the merch at, over at Alston Melee Bender and get some of this awesome merch, which is definitely worth checking out. You may be asking, why do I care so much about Alston Melee Bender if I'm not technically affiliated with Alston Melee? First of all, you should be as much in love with Alston Melee as I am. And secondly, Wisely is helping out with this event. And thirdly, I've had on all the Alston Melee fellas, the, the main crew, I should say, there are... There are extended family, extended crews within the Alston Melee sphere, such as all the music people, all the artwork people. I'm sorry, but I can only think of Snow Wiener and Thunder Paste right now for some reason, so do forgive me. I should also say, I am really impressed at how well I've hung in there today. I've been up since 4.30 this morning. I got up at 4.30 for my job, and then I worked... Oh, about 14 hours. And then I conducted an interview live on Twitch with Wisely, who was a great listen. Wisely, thank you so much for being on. I can't thank you enough. It's really true. This is about the 12th or 13th time I've said thank you to Wisely, but seriously, thank you for coming on. And now I am finishing up the rest of the pod post-recording to push it out this evening because I felt inspired to. So maybe it's just because I... Maybe it's just because I was like, it's a long day. Why not make it longer? Maybe it's because my wife texted me and said, I'm going to be in bed. <laughs> and I thought, well, if she's already in bed, I might as well push this out so I don't have to do this tomorrow and take time away from her and the kids. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it tonight so that it's done. Maybe that's 
the secret sauce. I should just say to myself, if I can't hang out with my wife or my children when I'm not working, I should really be trying to do this or work. And then when they're awake and present, I should try to be present. It is an interesting balance. And we were talking a little bit about this, me and Wisely, talking about the balancing of different things, about balancing work as well as hobbies and hobbies that you take very seriously and that you're in content creation in particular for because there's like a certain amount of expectation that people who follow you and know you have on your frequency, quality, whatever you want to say. But for me, it's all about that quantity, the frequency. <laughs> if anybody out there really feels like that I'm doing a fantastic job doing interviews, thank you so much for thinking that. For those of you who don't feel the same, please reach out and give me feedback. Okay. Okay.